are the voyages of the starship Therapies. Its continuing mission to explore strange inner worlds, to seek out new insights and new realizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. transparent. I am the ghost of Christmas past. What? I'm Jewish. And like culturally, not religiously Jewish. I've come to show you the error of your ways and change you forever for the better. What? You just watched the Muppets Christmas Carol again, didn't you? And are you, in fact, a hologram? Maybe. Uh-huh. Wait, do you think I'm Scrooge? I'm not Scrooge. Just because I'm opposed to eating a Christmas goose doesn't make me bad. In fact, I would argue that my ethical stance of non-meat eating is, in fact, quite good, morally speaking. Oh, sir, why don't I ever get to have any fun? Oh, my God. I am Scrooge. You know what? You're right, hologram Spock. Let's start the show and then I promise we can have a super spooky Christmas. The kind that Charles Dickens and all of your favorite dead Russians would be proud of. Oh, yay. Hi, everybody. I'm Justine Maston, LMFT, Yogini, writer, researcher, and captain of this particular ship. Welcome aboard. And I'm Larissa Garski, licensed marriage and family therapist, writer, researcher, Spockian first officer, and all I've ever wanted is a spooky Christmas. Just a reminder to the listeners at home that just because we are therapists does not mean that we are your therapists. Unless, of course, we are your therapists. This podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist. Okay, ghostly specter. I'm ready to be shown the error of my ways. Let us visit the ghosts that haunt me. Great. Um, sir? I honestly didn't think that I would get this far, so I don't have anything else planned. That's fair. I'm a very worthy opponent. How about an old-fashioned holiday seance? That's not exactly the same as traveling through time and getting to play a ghostly tour guide. No, this is so much better. You get to be a ghostly tour guide for the ghosts inside your own mind. (laughs) I mean... Could we hook up your mind to the holodeck and make it seem more IRL? No! Okay. Just a a thought. (sighs) Come on, let's do this. Okay, so, so do you want me to, like, imagine? Wait, what am I supposed to imagine? Yeah, uh, you know... What what were you going to have me do? Were you just going to take me to the holodeck? I mean, honestly, sir, I thought that I would just, you know, I I programmed my ho- my holographic image to like show up in different places throughout the ship. So I thought I would just kind of bother you for about an hour. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. That tracks. You know. That tracks. That makes sense. Where were you going to bother me? Um. Well, obviously, your ready room first. And then I figured <laughs> that you would eventually go back to sleep. And then I would start um, making noises via your comm badge, which would then distract <laughs> you out into the bridge. And I was going to show up there. And then Bones and I had this like whole thing planned out down in sickbay. Um, mm. We were quite, quite proud of it. But I, I didn't plan for what would happen if you really fully woke up and engaged with me. That was, mm. that was my plan's fatal flaw. Yeah. Illogical. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so we're going to use the power of our own mind for this seance. Mm. I know. Okay. You're going to have to suspend some disbelief here, friend. Um, because we are going to use the power of internal family systems, also known as IFS, which if you are a regular listener, friends at home, you know that I am undergoing a year-long training in the skill of IFS, and so it is very much on my mind. But also, it is applicable to this time of year, and you will see why. And if you listened to our Into the Spider-Verse episode, uh, which also incorporated a lot of the Ghost Whisperer for some reason. Um, that was episode 17, and we also talked about IFS. But this is just going to go a little bit more in depth about having your own internal seance with your inner ghosts. Ooh, that does sound creepy. And as you know, right? sir, nothing feels better around this time of year for me than creepy. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I think that the tradition of ghost stories at Christmas is just, it, it is a tragedy that we have lost that part of our culture. I would agree. And uh, fun fact, last night I attended a, uh, a murder mystery party, 1930s themed. Uh, two um, of my, yeah, it was I know. holiday, two, guess. Mm, two of my favorite things. Being a ham, not eating it, and murder. Solving them, which I did. <laughs> and also, during the murder mystery, um, uh, Nikola Tesla's assistant showed up uh, with a necrophone, Ooh. and we talked to the dead. What did the dead say? Um, they used a very poor font and um projected their words up on a screen they you mean like papyrus did they use the papyrus font they did they did not um although the the uh person next to me at the table was so affronted by the font and i was like what do you want them to use papyrus (laughs) Mm. and were they able to see the humor in that or did they just become more enraged (laughs) uh to be fair i think they were on their third whiskey so Uh, (laughs) mm. so it could have gone really either way that's the thing about (laughs) your third hard liquor beverage in an earthen body you're either gonna go to happy town or things are gonna start to um fall apart real rapidly (laughs) i i had not met this human before last evening so they they seemed delighted at everything except for that font oh okay well, uh, <laughs> all's well that ends well. All's well. Uh, but my point is, 
it was so lovely to have all the Christmas decorations and see the snow falling outside and be using a necrophone and talking to the dead. It all, it was just, that's the holiday spirit. Well, I mean, as you know, sir, like I'm, I'm already the converted, so I'm, I'm already with you that <laughs> I think, I think Christmas is one of the spookiest times of year. Um, best epitomized by the Carol, Carol of the Bells, which was a, a, a Vulcan family favorite in mm. my home growing up. But for those listeners who are maybe a bit confused as to why we feel like death goes so well with Christmas, <laughs> how would you explain that to them? Uh, great question. So I would say that this this has multiple answers. Um, the the largest one, though, the one that I think is the most universally understood, is that um, Christmas is a time of coming together with family. Mm. And any time we are coming together with family, we are faced with the ghosts of our past. Ah, whether we are electing to be or not. That's just what's fucking happening. Well, sure. So we all gather around and we think of all the people who once were there. Some of them are not there because they're dead. Right. There, there's literal. There's a mm -hmm. literal ghost. There's literally people who are no longer with us. Um, hearkening back to uh, two eps ago when I talked about that Ikea commercial and uh, one of the families... Both has a new addition to the family as well as an empty chair signifying that someone is gone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, yes, there are literal people who are not with us. And really, anytime we're with our family, this isn't something that we give voice to, but anytime we're with our family, we are in the presence of the absence of those who came before us. Huh. I didn't have, I should have had something to follow up there, but I didn't. <laughs> that you didn't understand what i said or it was so profound that you were just that was it and a podcast with, let's go with number two i think also i'm really tired and that's definitely showing up for me right now. you know just just get over the cardassian flu already mm, i know we're just riding the wave <laughs> um Anywho, uh, so for those of you who are like, I don't understand what you just said. What I'm saying is that if we are, if we are with our parents, we are also with the absence of our grandparents. Mm -hmm. We we don't give voice to it, but th that's there. Every person who has gone before and is no longer with us is he both here and not here, and. Most times of the year, we don't talk about it unless it's, you know, a big holiday of somebody's loss or, you know, insert occasion here. But at, especially Christmas and, you know, at, as as a Jew and other folks out there of Jewish descent or other spiritual descent, perhaps your experience happens at different holidays. Uh, but we're, we're using Christmas as a as a catch all right now. Um, this is especially a time of year when everybody's supposed to be here, right? The whole clan is supposed to come together. And 
that is when the absence is truly felt. That is an excellent point, sir. And I think it is most excellent because you have also laid bare one of the central problems of this holiday, right? Which is that while on the surface, the idea of it and the way it is presented to us is that we all gather together to be together, to celebrate the joy, at least in kind of the way we currently do things, what is forgotten is the shadow side here, which is, as you're Mm -hmm. saying, you can't come together with everyone in your family at Christmas because not everybody is presently present. Mm-hmm. Right. And and we talked about this a little bit um, in our Christmas Nightmares episode, um, mm. a, right, about how there there is grief for the loss of holidays that were. Um, and also, just kind of piggybacking on what we already said, yes, we also want to leave space for the shadow side of these holidays. Not only is this an opportunity to grieve, it's also an opportunity to explore these darker aspects of these brighter holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, what there is shadow beneath the tree that is so well lit. Ooh. You're really getting into it there, sir. I really hope that throughout this episode, Brian is just adding in uh background sounds from horror movies like wind whipping through the window (laughs) creaking floorboards really anything from the nutcracker which i'm also being reminded is is another kind of like spooky christmas story yeah the nutcracker is very much embraces the shadow side yeah and you know it's been a number of years since i've seen it and i know sir as a as a as a once in future amateur ballerina um, mm-hmm. because you I are... think it's just once. I don't know that it's future. Although uh, mm-hmm. the new gym that I've joined that's opening this week does have mm-hmm. bar classes. See? So, <laughs> so it's on the table. We're leaving it it's open. On the table. A soft start, regardless. <laughs> you could probably speak to this a bit better than I could, but my my childhood sort of like foggy memory of the Nutcracker is that there are. Uh, there's a certain number of like parts that are, are IFS parts. I mean, that are kind of dancing through that ballet, like managers, exiles, firefighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, it's certainly not something I had ever given any thought to whatsoever until you mentioned it, but I, I like the idea of, of Clara, you know, going to sleep quote unquote, but really she is turning inward to explore oh. all the different parts of herself. Mm. Yes. And and just as there are sugar plum fairy parts, there are rat king parts. Yes. And I I love that. Do you feel like we need to pause and refresh listeners' memories of what managers, exiles, and firefighters are? Yes. That that sounds like a really good thing to do right here. Um so I, I'll do the I'm not going to do a quick and dirty recap. I'm going to do a... Nuanced and in-depth recap. Yes, because we have nothing but time here on the Starship Therapies. Um, And since we have entered into this A Christmas Carol space, it really does feel like we have all the time in the world because... Oh, we do. Time is meaningless. Time is meaningless here in this dreamscape. Also, Uh, it's arguably just a cognitive construct. Hmm... 
But I, I'm, I'm getting us in the weeds. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So friends at home, there are there are three key groups in IFS. Those are managers, firefighters, and exiles. I used to not like the languaging on these at all. Um, since I've spent more time in the IFS world and they make more sense to me, I am embracing them more. And of course, just as I am embracing them more, people are starting to use different names for them. So, you know, yeah, fucking nihilism. Like, what's the point of anything? But anyway. <laughs> really? I mean, like, hold on, pause. Is IFS yeah. really changing their standard nomenclature here? Um, yeah, they're... Uh... Now they'll do, like, managers slash something else and, like, firefighters slash distractors. Oh. Um, maybe it's managers slash protectors, firefighters slash distractors, whatever. But, sure. But here's how I make sense of them now. Okay. Right? So let's start with exiles because they're kind of the, the big deal, right? So exiles are these parts of us that are in pain. There are parts that are that are shamey, that are fearful. These are parts that um, hold trauma. Usually these are really young parts that experience that early on, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the reason they're called exiles is that the the self, right? We have the we have those three categories of parts, and then we have the self, our capital S self, who's kind of like the conductor of the orchestra, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the exiles have been exactly what it sounds like. They have been exiled from the conscious awareness because they are so upsetting. So they are no longer allowed in the orchestra. Correct. Or they... the, the ballet, if you will. Yeah, we, I, we can stick with the ballet. I sure. like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So they've had, they've had their toe shoes uh, absconded with. Oh, no. <laughs> And their tutu is tattered, hmm. and they have to stay in the wings, and they're never allowed on stage. Right? I actually love this analogy. I can see that you have a sad face, so I know well, that it's working. Right, because I can, <laughs> I can imagine them. I'm imagining these, like, bedraggled little ballerinas who all they want to do is dance, being told, no, you can't. No, you can't dance. You're not allowed. And I personally would imagine, what, the Sugar Plum Fairy probably being... Probably being like a firefighter because so flashy, so distracting. Mm. Well, let's let's find out. Okay. So, okay. So uh, now we're doing a choreographer instead of a conductor since, mm. since we've moved on to dance. Um, <laughs> so the choreographer isn't really even aware of this bedraggled, point shoeless ballerina in the wings because... The managers and the firefighters are around specifically to keep the choreographer from interacting with that uh, shutout ballerina. Mm -hmm. So you could think of the managers as as the super helpful characters. They they just they want to they want to help out and make sure that um, the exile is protected. Keep the exile exiled, right? Is, um, is it they want, that they want to protect the exile or they want to protect the self? They want to protect the self mm -hmm. by keeping the exiled exiled. Yeah. 
thank you for clarifying. Right. So they uh, their perception is that the choreographer would be so upset and so overwhelmed if they saw this sad ballerina that they they wouldn't be able to continue working. Right. And so those manager parts are like, okay, got to keep the choreographer away from sad ballerina. So mm-hmm. how am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to I'm going to give the choreographer some stuff to worry about. Now, I know it doesn't seem like that would be the thing that a manager would do, but it tends to be the thing that the manager does. Um, managerial parts are parts that keep us scared hmm. um, so that we won't go into the wings. So uh, I, I see you thinking. Um, coming well, back I guess out- I'm, I'm yeah, a little confused because mm-hmm. if managers, why would the manager want to keep us scared, right? Aren't they trying to keep us mm-hmm. from feeling any negative feelings? They're not trying to keep us from feeling any negative feelings. They're trying to keep us from feeling that particular overwhelming feeling. Ah, so really all matters of scariness are perfect for the managers Mm -hmm. is what you're saying, because they will keep us distracted, but it's a kind of distraction that the managers think that the choreographer can handle or the self can handle. Because the thing about the exiles is that because they are the root Mm -hmm. of like the primal fear or the primal shame, the first trauma, that it is the belief amongst the rest of the disparate parts that this is that coming to terms with th- with that the first mm-hmm. pain is going to be too much, and exactly. so we we distract with mild to moderate, mm-hmm. right? And the other thing managers do is exactly what you think it is. They fucking manage. They organize. Mm. They want to keep life so structured that we don't ever have time to look in the wings. Uh, so bringing it into real world examples, right? Um, when we think about parts of ourselves, let's say you were invited, let's say you were invited to the ballet, real world and still the ballet. You're invited to the ballet and there's a part of you that is so excited to go. Oh my God, I love the ballet. Um, I used to be a ballerina. Who knows? Maybe someday I will be, you know, as I enter my 40s. Um, and then there's a part of you that doesn't want to go. Mm. The part of you that doesn't want to go is a manager. And if we tune into that part, if we do a little internal seance and ask that part to come forward. Um, so in this example, I've been invited to the ballet. Part of me is like, yay. And part of me is going, oh, I don't want to go. That's an opportunity to go. Hello, part of me that doesn't want to go. Can we can we talk for a minute? Will you, will you will you speak to me, please? Um, and will will you please tell me why you don't want to go to the ballet? And the answers may range all over the map, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if if it is a manager part, that part's gonna say, "I'm I'm scared of being reminded of the life that I lost." Um. I'm afraid of, I don't want to be around all those people. It's potentially dangerous going to a public space like that. Um, or we just, we just don't have time. We're too busy. Busy, mm-hmm. busy, busy. 
um, which is just another part that we would want to talk to. Um, so what the manager is doing is it's trying to keep us safe. There's, there are potential dangers at the ballet. And if what we wind up doing is staying home and we feel shitty, we wish we had gone to the ballet, manager's still pretty happy because at least we didn't face that terrible thing. Sure, we didn't face the exile that could have popped up when we went to the ballet. Mm-hmm, right. Mm. But of course, I, in a great irony, we could have exiles pop up if we stay home if that taps into old shit too, right? Mm. Um, what I will say about parts is that they are not skillful. Mm. And that is very much because they, they didn't choose these jobs they do, right? Parts of us are not only managers or firefighters or exiles. They're just parts that got these jobs that they never asked for. And they probably got these jobs when they were way too young to be working. <laughs> Now I feel like we've totally abandoned the Christmas Carol and we're finding ourselves in Oliver Twist. <laughs> I'm just trying to make this the best Christmas ever for you. So we're just going to pull in... All the Dickens. All, all the Dickens all stories. All the Dickens. Ooh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you're... The self, the capital S self, is not going to ask a six-year-old for advice. Well, yes, sir, but I guess I don't... I feel like this is not fun. And what I mean by that is I imagine that we would sit down, we would have a seance here with all these different goats. And we're talking about all these different parts. <laughs> goats. And they're goats, ghosts. <laughs> Where did they come from? How do we get them to come out? I don't know, sorry. Just, I feel like, and this sounds odd coming from me, but I feel like we're getting a little pedantic here. Mm. God, I am Scrooge. Is, is there something that you're avoiding? You're being mm. awfully managerial right now. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know either. Mm. I suppose if I were tapping into a part, if anything, it would be that firefighter distractor part. Because as I'm pausing and reflecting here, the way that we started this particular app was somewhat out of character for me, right? I mean, playing tricks, <laughs> setting up weird sort of like hologram traps for you to find and activate <laughs> it's not exactly what one would think of when they think of spock right yeah so mm. maybe we're all a little bit haunted oh no but i but i'm glad that you brought up uh firefighters mm. or, or also known as distractors because the, these are the parts that as soon as the choreographer starts looking in the wings and is, like, about to see the ballerina, they jump in and do something fucking off the wall to pull attention. And so these are the parts that want to uh, get high, drink, um, have, have sex with people they don't even like very much. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the, these are the parts that will also overwork. Sure. Um, oh, that's, I mean, that's very Scrooge, right? Like, I'm mm -hmm. thinking back yep. to the Christmas Carol. He doesn't really have a lot of classic firefighter behaviors. Like, mm -hmm. 
if memory <laughs> serves, in neither the Muppets nor the, <laughs> the story is he like an alcoholic. No, he's, he's just a dick. Right, which is like to your point that like overworking is his thing. Mm-hmm. Like really leaning in to capitalist productivity is kind of how Scrooge turns away from human connection. Because his exile really is any kind of human connection because he doesn't want to lose anybody. Right, again. because right because that was so terrible. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would say that another one of his firefighter attributes is the way that he snaps at people. Um, mm. That kind of reactivity, sure, is is a distractor because the the point is let's not feel this, let's numb out. The reason they're called firefighters is that they show up when they smell the hint hint tiniest bit of smoke. And then they just start spraying water everywhere. Mm. And and we don't even know it, what kind of fire this is. It could be a grease fire. That water could be really fucking unhelpful. You know what this is making me think of? Huh. My favorite of all the Christmas Carol adaptations, The Muppets Christmas Carol. I know don't, it's your favorite. Don't at me, people. It's the best. <laughs> I know there was that George C. Scott one. There's been a lot of them. The Muppets is the best one. Mm. I'm looking at you, producer Brian. It's the best one. But what I was thinking of from that was when Kermit and the, the bookkeeping staff, right, they want more coal for the fire, which mm-hmm. seems like such a, such a reasonable request, right? Mm-hmm. But then they go up to him and they're really nervous and poor little, like, Kermit Bob Cratchit is like, I mean, you can't see me, listeners, but I'm doing the thing because he's, like, tapping the little tips of his fingers together. He's, like, so nervous. <laughs> And I remember as a young Spockling watching this and being like, surely, I mean, it's so reasonable. He's not even asking for 10. He's just asking for one more lump of coal. And to your point, Scrooge has a major reaction. His firefighter Mm -hmm. immediately is like, get this person away from me. Get this compassionate, feeling person away. No, I will give you nothing. Mm -hmm. I do not want to connect to anything that resembles feeling or pain or acknowledgement of either of those two things. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, now that we're talking about this, I, I very much liked the idea of Nutcracker as IFS analogy, mm-hmm. but I also think that Christmas Carol works as an IFS analogy. Are, are the spirits the self? Are the spirits the, the therapist? walking the self through this exploration of parts Hmm. am i reaching i don't know i don't i mean no i don't think so i i like i'm thinking of the ghosts of christmas past present and future and the way i mean i don't know are they parts of scrooge are they some sort of external force I'm also, for some reason, reminded of this factoid I read once about Charles Dickens, which very much argued that he wrote A Christmas Carol simply for the money. Um, what was he asked he, he, to write? I don't, I don't know. Like, this, is, this, is a distant, this is a distant memory from my, okay. my childhood on Vulcan. But mm-hmm. I, think, I think the story went that he didn't really like A Christmas Carol, and, or like the idea of it, and he didn't like the finished draft, but he, he wrote it because he thought it would be a good money maker. Oh. I really dislike that a lot. Right. Right. Hmm. 
Well, but I suppose I thought of that because I'm thinking about the spirits, right? And the question of are they are they representate are they representations of external forces? Mm-hmm. Are they other systems, systems of religion, systems of family, or are they parts of Scrooge? I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. not, none of them fit in. I think I mean, they don't really fit into the managers, the exiles, or the firefighters. Mm-hmm. Not really. Well, okay, so let, let's let's talk it through. What are sure. the the who comes first? Ghost of Christmas Past. Well, I suppose technically the Marleys come first, and the Marleys are there to threaten Scrooge. And why are they threatening Scrooge? Um, because he won't participate in hit their song and dance number. to dickens for a second no but now i have the song going in my head where, where they sing that, he, that you're doomed scrooge you're doomed for all time oh <laughs> uh, no okay so that's a part that's a part for sure mm-hmm. that feels like a managerial part really yeah but, that but they're there is... but like but the marleys are there to warn him the marleys want him to get in touch with his exiles that's what all of the different ghosts are really doing they want him to sit with his pain. Oh, yeah. No, the parts don't want that. No. Um, so this so is has So arguably has Scrooge lost himself? Are all of these different spirits actually versions of himself, himself that he tried to exercise via, I don't know, United Kingdom's colonialism and capitalism but you can't lose yourself. And so they came back in these weird fragmented parts. And at the end of the story is, has he like synthesized them together? Like some weird self smoothie made in a Vitamix that he takes at the end. Okay. You know what this makes me think of? Um, (laughs) uh, Listeners. I really hope you're still with us. Uh, I hope that you have a nice uh, cup of eggnog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I don't, fire. I don't wish that for you folks, because I think eggnog is terrible. But if, if that's how you do, you do. I'm, I'm here to support you in your nog. Um, hot chocolate can be nice, too, though. Yeah, yeah, nice hot chocolate. Mm. Or hot toddy, depending on your feelings mm. about Truth. various beverages. Um, Excellent for recovering from the Cardassian flu. <laughs> <laughs> yes, do you know you could make an Earl Grey toddy? Oh, the best. Captain Picard really that. approved. Yes, Captain Picard <laughs> approved Earl Grey tea. Excellent mm-hmm. for thinking, writing, recovering, anything you want to do, Earl Grey is there. <laughs> uh, but this makes me think of one of the, the major issues that IFS still faces um, when it comes to mainstream therapy's view of it. Mm. Um, and people who don't understand it one of the main concerns people bring up is that they're worried it creates um, dissociative identity disorder previously known as multiple personality disorder is do they really still worry about that or is it more that they it worries that they worry about fragmentation or, or, or like are there a bunch of like clinicians out there being like oh my god ifs is giving people dissociative personality disorder no it's um I mean, you can you can Google it and discover there. Um, there's a pretty famous legal case oh. against yeah against a um, an institute that used IFS. Really, it was malpractice. It wasn't oh. the 
it wasn't the model that was used. It was the person using okay. it. They didn't which... come for David, did they? For those of you who don't know David Schwartz, he's the, the creator, right, of IFS? Richard. Really? It's not David? No. Okay. Dick Schwartz. Dick Schwartz. Sorry, Dick. <laughs> My bad. Still recovering from the Cardassian flu. It's been, it's been, it's been a rocky one, but we're on the mend. So, sorry. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I have had clients be like, what are we doing right now? Um, and, and the thing is, we all have parts. I mean, honestly, you know? sir, ever since you started this whole IFS thing, there have been times where you go, you go deep into this part stuff, and I myself uh-huh. am like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, where are we going? How did we get here? I thought that we were having... We we're gonna to go to the holodeck and reenact ghostly seances, and we're not doing that. I don't. Yes, I mean now I know what we're doing because I'm I'm clear. But like, yeah, it's a little. I don't know if esoteric is the right word I'm searching for, but mm. it does it does feel confusing initially to talk about all these parts because mm-hmm. there's that piece of as they said in my heart Huckabees, how am I not myself? How can mm. I how can I not be fully in touch with who I am and my awareness all the time? Mm-hmm. And yet, when we pause and break that down, that's ridiculous because there's so many things that our bodies and our brains are doing that we are not moment to moment consciously aware of. Right. Right. And so when you brought up um, the the ghosts and mm-hmm. are they, in fact, self, it made me wonder, um, you know, I, I would disagree that IFS in any way causes DID. Mm-hmm. But DID does happen for people. Um, we all have parts, and some parts just get very fragmented. Right. And so fragmented that they are not aware of each other. And that's, that's what DID is. It's these parts that create so much of their own identity that they can't even talk to one another, let alone talk to the self. Um, ah, hence the ghosts. Hence the ghosts. Right. So does Scrooge, in fact, have dissociative identity disorder? I love it. And I'm going to say yes. <laughs> and, and, here's, and here's why. All, because of all the things you've said. Um, mm-hmm. And also because when I, the more I'm thinking about his character, um, yeah, like Scrooge is a shell. Mm. Right? He is such a shell of a person it's almost like he's a walker by which of course i mean a zombie like he is kind of sleepwalking through life he shut down so much of his emotional self that he just he 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 can't really connect to it anymore Mm -hmm. right and so these parts which are usually under the control of the conductor slash choreographer slash capital s self when when that self is unable or unwilling to control the rest of the orchestra, they just fucking play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's all tuba. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> you know, no offense to, to the tuba players. Not to hate on tubas. There's a time and a place for a tuba. When I was a Spockling, I played bass. The, the, the double bass is very much the tuba of the orchestra, right? <laughs> I uh, sang alto. 
same thing same you, thing you can't you can't have a whole chorus that's only the alto no they cannot lead they're not built to lead they're built to like keep keep the beat add in <laughs> some wonderful accents here and there right but like you need mm-hmm. the whole chorus but scrooge is walking around and i don't know man i feel like he doesn't have much of anything going mm-hmm. on inside of him he it's all like he feels like he it's almost like he's gotten rid of all of his parts frankly mm-hmm. including his self parts and in some way was able to kind of almost like fragment them off which I think would fit in DID, dissociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, they fragmented themselves off, right? Mm-hmm. They, right. The, the the part became so strong and independent, and this it is not uncommon, friends, for manager parts. Um, I mean, or firefighters, but I focus on managers for a second to get very strong. And for the self to lean on them a lot. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of become the de facto self. Right. But Ooh. they are not the self. So he's like possessed by yeah, this. Yeah, so he's this, like possessed. He's possessed <laughs> by this terrible, angry manager part. And the ghosts mm-hmm. are his true self, the true choreographer coming back, being like, come mm-hmm. on, Scrooge, let us in. See, this is how we're haunted. <laughs> I knew we could find our way back. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> it, it Genuinely, though, it was. <laughs> Even if we didn't ever make it to the holodeck. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, uh, what do you... like? Okay, so we've talked a little bit about mm-hmm. Christmas yeah. and why this time of year kind of brings the ghosts back. Mm-hmm. Um, what... I mean, what does one do, right? Like, what does one do? And we've talked about this, I feel like, in in varying ways and in varying pods, right? About how when you go Mm -hmm. home back to a familiar place or a familiar group of people, it reminds you of, like, past versions of you. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what, I mean, what should people do when, if they go home or even if they don't go home, right? Because there's, there's enough... That is common year to year, at at least in in this country, um, mm-hmm. about Christmas. That like it, it's going to start to activate our five senses, sort of like memory parts, right? And mm-hmm. even if we don't go home or we we try to avoid it, we really lean into the manager part of the firefighter part. I mean, that it, it, that it's going to come up. We're going to start mm-hmm. to be with some of these ghosts. Yeah. Right. What we, so like, what do we do? Well, yeah, so what I would say is the first thing we need to do is notice mm. that we're being haunted. Because it as we've mentioned, it can be hard to know. Mm-hmm. Unless they are literally waking you up in the middle of the night in your nightcap. Um and saying, Come with me, Scrooge. Oh, that's right. Uh, and then ooh, do you remember that line that Scrooge has where he goes, There's more gravy than of grave about you? <laughs> And as a, as a sparkling, I was like, I was so confused. I was like, that's absurd. Um, but then I, I learned that, like, you know, back in the day of Charles Dickens times, that people thought that nightmares were due to, like, indigestion. Mm. Oh, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It was all, the, all about the humors. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, hysterical women. Am I right? Uh, 
well, we never hear these stories of women because who knows what their uteruses would show them at night. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I just, I didn't know. I didn't know where to go with that one, sir. So I thought I'd just leave you hanging. (laughs) Apologies. You know, I don't know how I feel about this, uh, this sassy Christmas Spock. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Spock squared. You like you never know when I'm going to zig or zag. Personally, I'm chalking this up to the Cardassian flu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, well, where was I? Sorry. This is my bad. I'm going to bring us back. So we're talking about what do you do when you start to feel, when you start to feel a ghostly presence? Yes. Okay. Either internally or externally. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to notice the ghostly presence. And this is very important, friends listening at home. We are not going to tell that presence to go away. Mm. And that's, uh, I know that some of you just made a face. Um, Perhaps you said a thing out loud and, and cursed me. It's cool. I can't hear it. Uh, because of course we want to say go away mm-hmm. when, a when a ghost appears and we don't know if it's kind or menacing, we just want to be like, Hey, I'm just going about my life. Stop haunting me. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Parts are like other human beings. And what happens when we tell some other human being who's trying to bring something up to us to go the fuck away. Do they say, oh, pardon me, sir. Enjoy your Christmas goose. And then they just sort of shuffle off to Buffalo away from you. That's not what happens. No, but if they're, if they're the Beaker character, they do just kind of keep trying. <laughs> oh. if, if someone comes up to us and is like, hey, 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 I have something important to tell you. And you're like, go the fuck away. They'll be like, no, but I really, no, but this is really important. You know, you can't get rid of me. Leave me alone. But you don't understand. That's, Leave that's, me alone. That's Navi. Fuck you. Now you're doing Navi. It's Navi. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's definitely an argument that Navi is a part. Anyway. <laughs> mm. Okay, bringing us back. Let's come back. Bringing us back. So when another human being comes up to us and says, hey, I have something important to tell you, it is okay to say, wow, thank you, and I really need to go do this thing right now, but I promise I'm going to come back and we're going to have this conversation. But here's the thing. You need to keep your promise. Yes, you do need because to keep your promise. Because our emotions slash parts here are only going to be oh so patient. Mm-hmm. And in particular, if you have a habit of saying, I'll be right back, and then, you know, pulling pulling the Carly Rae Jepsen, I'm just going to the store. You might not see me anymore. I'm just going to the store. (laughs) Yes, friends. I did just spoken word a Carly Rae Jepsen song. (laughs) I believe that's from B-Sides, Emotion, an excellent album. Not as big a fan of her most recent one, but still, respect the game. Um, At any rate, the point of me bringing all of this up was to say that if you have a habit of telling your parts, you'll be right back and then ghosting them, Ah! 
they are not going to believe you. And they, what they're going to do is they're just going to pop up often at a really inconvenient time. Mm -hmm. Yes. So ideally what we want to do Mm -hmm. is we notice a part comes up and if you are in a position to do so, pay attention to it. Just like if somebody came up to you and said, I have something really important to tell you, even if they're saying it in a really unskillful way. Like a little kid that keeps tugging on your pant leg. Oh, Because well, even though they're going, mom, 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 what they're saying is, I have something I feel is important that you need to know. Mm-hmm. And if we can pause for just a second, instead of saying, go, okay, okay, Tommy. All right. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. If we can be, if we can turn to Tommy and say, hey, Tommy, it seems like something really important is happening. Can you tell me what's going on? And let Tommy tell you he pooped his pants. Um. Did not think you were going there, but you did. <laughs> That's where you went, sir. I'm just, just trying to keep it interesting mm-hmm. for the people at home. Mm-hmm. Um. Then we can say, okay, thank you so much for telling me. I, and let me just put out the, uh, the fire that's on the stove right now, and then I'll be right there. Um. <laughs> but my point is, if we have a thing that we can turn away from for just a second, mm-hmm. you know, if we're, let's say we're at a family event, You don't even need to necessarily leave the room. Can you close your eyes for a second? Can you pretend you're looking at your phone and really turn inward for a second? And do that little self-seance where you're asking, hey, who is this? Mm. Right? You know, clearly there's a ghost here. It's knocking stuff around. It's, It's trying to get my attention. I'm not just going to tell it to go away. I'm going to tune into it and uh, nobody can see me because my camera still isn't working. Um, But I have my hand on my belly right now. And that's because for me, so many of my feelings come into my belly, which if, if you buy into chakra shit, that's where your ego lives. And so it makes sense that that's where I get my big feelings in, in, in the ego space. Um, But if you are having a big feeling in your body, maybe place a hand there if it's appropriate um, and take a couple breaths, tune inward and say, hey, who is this? Mm -hmm. Who's talking to me? What what ghost is this? Without overthinking it. And I say that to you, Spock, Mm -hmm. because you are an overthinker. That's true. <laughs> if there had been an award in my middle school for intellectualizing feelings, I would have won. <laughs> and what would you have won? Ears down. What would I have won? Um, probably a lifetime subscription to the, the Vulcan Encyclopedia. <laughs> um, and no doubt, yeah. I would have been thrilled. Yeah. 
Well, and, and so this takes a little, that's why I said this takes a little bit of suspension of disbelief. Because these things really are happening. And it is very easy to convince ourselves that they are not. Right. And I, I, th- I think in like later apps, we'll probably get more into like some of the science, neuroscience around mm-hmm. where these parts are coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but for, for today and very much keeping on brand with sort of the fandom that we started, what we genuinely would invite you to do, listeners, would be to, when you are noticing any kind of discomfort or kind of eeriness or strangeness, to try out kind of that playful approach of the seance. Mm-hmm. While keeping in mind that you ultimately are the one that is in control, right? This is mm-hmm. not the exorcist. Mm-mm. That is not the fandom that we are channeling. <laughs> this this is, it's the Muppet's Christmas Carol, right? So like it gets serious, <laughs> but never so serious that you don't have Gonzo the Great narrating. I've always thought of myself as a gonzo, although most people who have compared me to Muppets say I look like Grover. Hmm. I feel like you look like Beaker, but you very much as as a person, you you like I I see you. I see Gonzo and you, you and Gonzo. <laughs> uh listeners at home, tell me what Muppets character you think of when you hear my voice. <laughs> I will be very interested to know that. Um, Yeah, I'm glad you gave voice to keeping this light. Mm -hmm. I know talking about seances can feel heavy, but it's also, it's a playful way to talk about tough shit that's going on. Yeah. And when you do take that moment to tune in and find out who or what this feeling is, just let it tell you. And whatever comes into your head, maybe just say, okay, you know, okay, this ghost has appeared and says that it's Henry VIII. Okay. Well, what does Henry VIII want? Probably a lot of things. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But actually what I would, what I would offer to folks is having a seance is it doesn't mean you have to full on Ouija board engage with whatever is coming up. Hmm. Especially like if you're in the middle of some kind of gathering, mm-hmm. really often, often what the ghosts of parts past want is they want you to acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. They just want you to name them. So yeah. if you're able to pause and tap in and be like, huh, what's coming up for me right now? You know, the pink stuffed rabbit I had as a small child. What's that about? Maybe you don't mm-hmm. even want to ask what's that about? Yeah. Maybe sure. that's something that you're going to say, you know what, there might be something here. Maybe this is a path to an exile. Maybe I don't want to do, and I'm going to switch to video game language right now. Maybe I don't want to do this side quest right now. Mm, Maybe I just want to so mark it on my mm-hmm. quest log and I'll mm-hmm. come back to it. Maybe when I'm more leveled up. Mm-hmm. But what I'm doing right now is I'm acknowledging that it's there. Because once you acknowledge that it's there, like the intensity or... I once had somebody put it to me as like the crackliness of the ghost, you know, the part of the ghost that makes kind of your hair stand up on the back of your neck. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually will go down mm-hmm. because you've let it know that you see it. And that like you, you've named its presence mm-hmm. and it's that idea of, okay, 
they'll be back. Yes, I love that. And so what I would just add on to that is, and this is our opportunity to say, I see you mm-hmm. and I am not trying to get rid of you. Yes. Thank you for your message. And mm-hmm. really, even if the message is weird, even if it is like, why is Henry the Eighth here? If you can be like, I see you, I acknowledge your presence. Thank you for your message. Mm-hmm. Yep. I thank you for this message. I am going to consider that and and come back around. Mm-hmm. But for now, if if you wouldn't mind letting me continue to eat my, I don't know, is there a vegan goose? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, I wouldn't eat it anyway. No, that sounds you terrible. Wouldn't. It does. You know, just go for something that's actually good, like. I'm going to eat my curry right now. I'm going Mm, to eat this salad right now. Some squash. Someone Mm. made some cauliflower, some mashed cauliflower, which doesn't taste like mashed Mm. potatoes, but it's fine. I'm going to eat that right now. (laughs) It's, it's not good. It's not terrible. It's not good. It's not terrible. It's like, it's, it's, um, it's what we got right now. And we're going to do that. (laughs) And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go home in 45 minutes. (laughs) Okay. Oh, that was... So our seance was uh, a little bit more of an explanance. How do we feel about that? I mean, I feel, I feel okay about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, definitely I still want to do the holodeck version. <laughs> But uh, I think that the thing about IFS is, or at least my experience as like mm-hmm. secondary on this, because you're you're walking this journey, I'm just kind of popping mm-hmm. in and out here. Um, it it needs you got it needs it it requires explanation. It does require explanation. Yeah, intuitively, we all feel like we have parts. Mm-hmm. Any deeper than that is confusing. Yes. And you know, and you know what, friends at home, if you didn't like any of this, you get to leave it. Well, I mean, that's the real thing, right? Like, I'm going through this training because I want to learn about it. And ultimately, at the end, I'm going to use it the way I want to use it. Mm-hmm. And often what I do with clients is we'll identify parts. And instead of going through this whole thing, mm-hmm. we'll we'll do the we'll we'll turn inward and get to know the parts, which is kind of like creating a character. I mean, the the character is telling you about itself. Mm-hmm. And if you are interested in character creation, these are characters that live inside you that you get to ask about as much or as little as works for you in that moment and find out like. Who are the D&D characters of your inner world? Wow, no, that just opened up a whole other way of talking about this. Mm-hmm. Food for thought. <laughs> Do you like it better than the seance? Uh, no, actually, I really like the seance. <laughs> it's because you want spooky Christmas. I really want spooky Christmas. I really, really love spooky Christmas. Um, because I, I just, I think it's really like, I really like it when we are able to be with the dualities Mm -hmm. of a holiday 
um, I, I for a lot of reasons, but the, I think the one I'm going to focus on now is that it it feels inclusive. Mm-hmm. It is a way of welcoming all of us in and saying, "Hey, we've all had experiences around this particular time of year." Mm-hmm. And some of them are good, some of them are bad, some of them are in between. But there's room and space for all of our experiences, and really. When we go back to one of the cornerstones of this time of year, it's about coming together during the darkest point. Mm-hmm. From a seasonal perspective, especially y'all who are kicking it with us in the Midwest, like this is such a dark time from a seasonal perspective. Mm-hmm. And coming together around it and, rem- and making space for all of us to be here is a way of feeling less alone, feeling more community as we kind of wait out the dawn. Hmm. So of course there would be spirits and mm-hmm. vampires and and werewolves and all things that go bump in the night. Cuz we're all here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I love that. <laughs> what a great séance. Séance <laughs> success. <laughs> Six seance. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. That's you're two for two here today, Captain. I can I can't I can't not. Um so mm-hmm. uh do, did we do takeaways? Um really today we focused in on IFS, internal family mm-hmm. systems therapy, who was founded not by one David Schwartz. So, David, I'm sure you've done some great things in your life, too. Um, it was founded by Richard Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked about we talked about the Nutcracker, Nutcracker mm-hmm. Ballet. We talked about um, the Muppets Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. We vaguely alluded to the Ghost Whisperer, but really didn't go there much. We had like a <laughs> smattering of the Legend of Zelda. The original A Christmas Carol by charles dickens right by one charles dickens with a side Mm -hmm. note of oliver it's just called oliver right it's not his full name that's david copperfield oliver oliver okay yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh and how could i forget when i spoke saying a carly ray jepson lyric it is a starship therapy's first friends this was real fun (laughs) for for those new to the pod uh uh, the Spock and I are similar in very many ways, but two distinct ways that we are different is our taste in music and our love of crime. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Although now that I know you're so into spooky Christmas, I feel like we should spend spooky Christmas together sometime. Oh, we definitely should. <laughs> it would be the literal, it would be the literal best. We go to a Victorian mansion. Oh, yes. I could get like, I could stories. bring a Ouija board. Mm. I don't, we're going to get letters about that. People are going to be like, don't, don't. They're going to be, don't do it. You're going to awaken all this stuff. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know. I'll have to set out a, a bowl of gravy for them or something. Um, <laughs> all right. But I think it's, I think it's your cue, sir. Okay. To wrap us on up. For this, our final ep of the 2019 season two. It's got to be healthier in 2020. It's just got to be. 
Uh, maybe we will uh, get to know some of our spirits a little bit better and they will be kinder to us in the coming year. Mm, here's hoping. Pause up. We may be at the helm of this ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Ensign Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song. Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandicat Duthie, who designed our beautiful cover art. And finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. Your gift this year is a break from editing this podcast. Join us in 2020 for new apps! Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the very best way you can support our podcast is to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to tell your friends. Also, we can now be found on Spotify and Stitcher. So there's no reason you can't listen to the pod. And as always, friends, live live long and and prosper. prosper.